What if the way you've been telling your life story reveals the secret to what is holding you back? Stories play an integral part in how we see not only ourselves, but the whole world. Stories are more than just an important part of communication. They also reveal hidden aspects of our inner talk, which can either support us or end up holding us back from the very things we want most in life without us even realizing it. Join author, mindset coach, and award-winning singer-songwriter Carrie Rowan on her show, Look for the Good, every Monday at 5 a.m. and 5 p.m. when she shares nuggets of wisdom from her internationally best-selling book, Tell a New Story, Five Simple Steps to Release Your Negative Stories and Bring Joy to Your Life. Carrie's powerful stories and compelling guests will empower you to change how you look at your own life while giving you some powerful tools and tips you can use every day to help you feel better and move yourself closer to the life you've been longing to live. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Look for the Good. I'm your host, Carrie Rowan, mindset strategist, coach, and I love sharing nuggets of wisdom about the stories that we tell each other. But more importantly, you know, I love to dig into the stories that we tell ourselves. So you can join me and my special guests every week as we share our personal stories of strength and triumph. And this is every week on Dream Vision 7 Radio Network. You can listen online on your mobile device, in your car, or ask Alexa to play Dream Vision 7 Radio. And tune in every Monday at 5 a.m. and 5 p.m. Eastern Time to get real stories and tips on how to turn your story and your life around. And evolve with us as we unite humankind with universal love. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in today. I'm super excited um, to introduce Lisa. Hello, Lisa. How are you? Hi, I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing wonderful. Thank you. And we're so excited. I can't wait to dive in. We have so many good things to talk about. And you guys know I love talking about stories, right? Like my whole book is about the stories that we tell. So um, Lisa shared some incredible stories with me when we first talked, and I can't wait for you guys to dig into them. There's just so much goodness and so much wholesomeness in our own stories when we can learn to embrace those stories and really dig a little deeper into those stories and find the meaning behind why we're telling ourselves that story. Sometimes it can be really good and sometimes it's way less than good, right? And those are the ones I love to get in there, find out why we're telling them, what sits behind that story, what's my limiting belief that I have about myself in that story. And when you can kind of peel back those layers and understand that, you not only get more information about yourself, but you get great guidelines. You get like a great roadmap, if you will, of where to go next, how to use your stories to evoke empowerment and inspiration, not only for yourself, but for everybody around you. So that's all the stuff we're going to talk about today and so much more. And so I want to introduce you because Lisa has an incredible story. Um, and she, it's Lisa Maze. She's got an incredible book out. Um, and so I love the way she pronounces her name because she's not from here. She's from Italy. So let's dive into that a little bit. She's a holistic nutritionist, herbalist, and intuitive eating coach who emigrated from the States to the States from Italy. She works with clients and students to engage with their bodies and identify the root cause of illness and understand symptoms as signposts on the healing path. I love that. Lisa is the author of The Culinary Pharmacy, a groundbreaking book on ancestral eating, intuitive eating, and personalized nutrition. Hello again. Thank you so much, Lisa, for being on the show. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. I just, I love your story. We have a common friend that was on the show as well, um, Marie Froelich, and um, 
I just love that you guys dive into the whole plant world. Like we were, we were cracking up because we were calling her the plant therapist. <laughs> you have a very, you, she called herself that. And I just had to, I'm like, that is the most beautiful phrase. You got to coin that phrase. Um, so I just love that. I love using the earth and using our, and the fact that you said ancestral eating is so cool. And we're going to dive into that. And the thing that really I want to launch us with today is a story that you told me about how when you got here from Italy, you're like, you went into the grocery store and you're like, um, excuse me, where's the food? Like, <laughs> <laughs> what is this stuff that you're calling food? Tell us about that. What was it like to come from a place where you just kind of live off the earth to coming here to the States? So I'm 44 years old. It's not like I'm a dinosaur. And <laughs> You know, Hardly. a lot of folks in Italy still live in a fairly traditional way where they're getting food from farms, they're getting food from their own gardens, and they're getting food from markets that are year round, whether, you know, they're indoors at times, depending on the climate, and then outdoors, there's this opportunity to actually connect with food producers and talk with them about, you know, their cheese or their sausage or their squash or whatever it is that they're producing, right? And I think in this country, people are kind of getting more into this desire to really reconnect with their sources of nourishment and understand where their food comes from. I remember at some point watching an episode of that comedy show, Portlandia, where there are people sitting in a restaurant and talking to the wait staff and saying, well, you know, where is this chicken from? And what was its life like? And does it have its paperwork, right? Kind of like <laughs> poking fun at this concept of understanding our sources of nourishment. But truly, that is who we have been traditionally as human beings. So, you know, now when I go home to visit my family, Yes, on the outskirts of certain bigger cities, there are big grocery stores, right? Like we would have here in the States. However, when I came to the States as a teen and went into one of those stores, I was really confused. Even in the produce section, and this was in Kansas City, mind you, which the Midwest has its own uh, flavor of food consumption and production. And even a lot of the fruits and veggies were wrapped in plastic and on styrofoam trays. And, and I felt really confused by that. Like, why do we need to protect ourselves from our food? And, you know, then uh, most other things were in boxes and cans and bags. And I was really confused by that. Yeah, I can totally see that. It's like going to a farmer's market. And somebody might go to a farmer's market and be like, why is the food out? Whereas that's what you're used to, right? Like all the broccoli is right. thrown together. Go in and find the piece of broccoli that you like, you know? Um, that's right. And that's so like, how did you, what did you do? How did you adapt to everything in boxes, which anything in a box is processed, right? How did you yeah. adapt? How did you work around that? So I really started being kind of a food sovereignty advocate right then and there. I started you know, as I made friends in high school, I would have them over and say, this is how you make fresh pasta. And, you know, we would start mixing the eggs and the flour and the salt and rolling it out with the pasta machine. Uh, my dad and I converted our entire 
backyard to a vegetable and herb garden. Mm -hmm. um, and so we started growing a ton of our own vegetables, as well as culinary and medicinal herbs. Um, when I go back to Italy, I would start collecting, you know, you know, I got all of our kind of local beans and all kinds of different seeds. So I could start growing our own heirloom varieties. And then I did find my way to the farmer's market because lo and behold, wherever there is land and there are humans, there is going to be a farmer's market, right? So I did that footwork at the time to really figure out how to connect. Um, and that has kind of been my path ever since being in the States, helping myself wherever I am and my loved ones reconnect to sources of nourishment. I love that. I love that. And I love that phrase that you mentioned, ancestral eating. Um, tell me about ancestral meaning, eating. What do you mean by that? So when we really get down to the physiology of it, the foods that were predisposed to digest the best and use as energy the best are essentially pre-programmed into our DNA, right? Um, and we see that to some extent with RH factor, which is our blood type. We see that to a greater extent with our enteric type, which is our gut type. And we see it also with the ways that certain foods can bring us joy, right? Mm -hmm. And can really bring us pleasure. So understanding what foods were growing wild on the lands where our ancestors lived can be a really powerful intervention, not only as preventative health um, and actually as a healing tool when there is illness, but also as a tool for joy and true connection to something we all do every day, which is eat food, right? Mm -hmm. And when I talk about ancestral eating, sure, I love this concept of, you know, like thinking about my Welsh great-grandmother and what she ate and thinking about my Italian and French ancestors and what they ate and even going further back. And I have these maps in my book of the origins of food crops and looking at, okay, what was growing wild on the Italian peninsula, right? Or on the um, Celtic islands when people were first starting to kind of harvest and prepare food for themselves. And you'll see that there are a lot of really interesting crossovers. And for folks who have European heritage, there are a lot of lentils, um, Mm. A lot of wild grasses and then certainly fish and olives and a little bit of wild game here and there, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that is fascinating. I just love that. You know, and I think you're right. Like people are really starting to wake up to this more than ever. You know, it, it totally you know, resonates with me because um, my whole life I've been really into, like I was looking for organic food when it didn't even exist when my, you know, when I was pregnant and that was 20 something years ago. So, you know, I'd go into Whole Foods or where I drive out of my way to go find something um, that was organic. And that was before it was like the catchphrase. And now I feel like there is, there's this awakening, right? You can go to any girl, I can go to Wegmans um, and find all my organic produce and even locally grown from an upstate New York farm, right? Which is pretty local compared to Massachusetts. 
So, um, so, so it's this awakening, right? But I love that you have taken it a step further because it's been your whole life. It's how you were brought up to eat. Um, and you're now educating us here in the States. And I think that's really great. I think people are so much more open to that now. Are you finding that as well? That people, you know, there's more farmers markets, there are more CSAs, you can order this stuff, you can get the grass fed, you know, all these things. I feel like it's starting to change. It absolutely is. The tide is turning. And the more that people are willing to devote their resources to supporting farmers, and especially supporting small local farmers who are, you know, doing regenerative farming and rotating their crops and letting their fields lie fallow. So their soils actually replenish their nutrients. Mm. that's the food we really want to get. And mm. it's a big shift for Americans because it means devoting more than 8% of our income to our food and shifting more to that, you know, round about 40%, which is what Italians devote to their food. Wow. Um, so it's a slow process, I think. It and is. It is. An adaptation process. But I, uh, when people see the transformation for themselves around, you know, the lack of doctor bills and medications, there's, there's a willingness, right? Absolutely. To direct those resources. That's exactly what I was going to thinking to myself. I was thinking, yeah, but if you, if you captured the dollars on the back end, how much are you spending going to see this doctor and that doctor and the gastroenterologist and this one with this problem? You know, and how much are you spending on supplements and these vitamins that you think are like the miracle cure when really we should be getting those nutrients from our food? Um, so I've always been a big believer in, you know, you do, it's it's more expensive to be healthy. Let's face it. You can run out to Burger King and get a lunch for under $5, but if you want to get something that's nutritious, you are, you're going to have to spend more money on it. But in the long run, like you're saying, it's the healthier choice. Let's talk about longevity. You know, let's talk about happiness, you know, and I love the fact that you brought up the joy because just before yeah. we got, that was beautiful. It's, you know, you know, I'm all about finding our joy and why not find our joy in food? And I think taking the time to prepare the food allows us to experience the food on a deeper level. You know, and we're not just popping something in the microwave. You're making the pasta, you're touching it, you've got the eggs. You know, it becomes something that gets passed down to through the generation, which is what you were talking about. And I went onto your website and I saw that beautiful salad and I was hungry when I looked at it. And just looking at that made me feel joyful because I love vegetables so much. <laughs> I get a lot of joy from vegetables. So I get that. And, and I and I think that's such an incredible concept to share with people. Absolutely. And it's connective too, right? We create community around food. We all eat. It's something we all have in common. It's a wonderful way to share stories. And we create connections with, for example, vegetables, right? I mean, you might think that's funny, but if you talk to an evolutionary biologist, they'll be the first to tell you that we have this um, last universal common ancestor, right? And mm. who is the last universal common ancestor? It's bacteria, mm. right? And that bacteria is shared by plants, by people, by mushrooms, by any kind of living creature you can think of. So we truly are all connected. And when food is processed and devoid of all of those minerals and nutrients and fiber, 
we're not getting to be connected in that way. I love that. That's really, really, really beautiful. Um, you know, and I always have my own little herb garden and um, little tomatoes, and it brings me great joy to be cooking something and say, oh, wait, I need some rosemary. Hold on. Let me go get some in my garden. Like, I love that. Uh -huh. You know what I mean? Like, even over the holiday, my brother was here cooking and he's a chef and he's always like, oh, parsley. I forgot to get parsley. I go, parsley? Still no alive. Problem. Still alive. The parsley is very robust. Um, still alive and green and beautiful in my garden. So I love that. It's just a really, I don't know. It's just a, it's a really cool, it's a self-sufficient feeling too, right? Oh, I don't have to go buy that from anybody. It's right here in my backyard. I can just go That's snip right. it out. Or in a pot growing on the windowsill in my kitchen, yeah. right? Yeah. Both of those herbs that you mentioned, totally available and easy to grow perennially. Mm -hmm. Yep. Basil. Yep. Basil yep. too. Love it. And mine's literally right outside, walk outside on the porch because it's a square foot garden. So it sits on, it's like a, you know, on top, it's a secured to the yes. side. So yeah. no little pets can, no little animals can get at it. And I just go out there, clip it. I never even have to weed it because there's never any weeds in there because it's up high. Right. Um, so it's a beautiful feeling. And if you haven't tried it, those who are listening, you got to, I, I highly recommend it. So therapeutic to reconnect. Get the hands in the dirt, right? Get in there. I love the beginning of the season when I got to rough it all up. I got to mix it all back up and get rid of all the old stuff and pull the roots out that no longer serve. I don't do mint anymore because mint is a takeover. Oh, no. Plant. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> we have our mint like in a rock wall far <laughs> away from our vegetable garden. Just do your thing, mint. Yeah, mint is crazy. And man, is mint resilient. And I thought I got rid of it. It would pop up here. That's what I found. I was like, okay, no more mint. I'm not even really using right. mint, no more mint. Um, so yeah, if you haven't tried it, you got to, you got to plan for it though. You got to put it in your mind. You got to say, I'm going to do it this year. I'm going to do it and then plan for it. You know, every day around Mother's Day is when I get out there and start creating what I'm going to put out there. It's just a feeling of empowerment. I like not being able to have just being tied to a store or even running to the local farm, which I do for other things. Um, so tell me about your book. I know writing a book is such a big birthing of this beautiful baby of ours. It just comes from the heart. What sparked you to want to write that book? So I had been teaching for about 10 years a food as medicine course virtually that really was an encapsulation of this book. And I was reaching people. I really enjoyed teaching the course and I felt like there was more, there was a next step and there was this opportunity to reach more people because ultimately I'd like to make myself obsolete. You know, I'd like for people to have the knowledge and understanding of their own bodies, of how they're connected to their ecosystems and their communities in a way that helps us all thrive, right? Mm -hmm. So that people don't need me ultimately. Mm -hmm. And that's truly that where the book was born is this sense of how can I reach more people? And how can I, you know, yes, offer the recipes and the meal plans and um, not only the nutrition science, but also the traditional nutritional philosophies, and really kind of frame that with my story. And I'm also a poet. So I share poems in there as well. Um, about food and family and ancestry. And it all really came together in this book, which was such a gift. 
I love that. Well, you know, I love that. I have my songs in my book yes. with the lyrics. I love when you're combining all that and you, that piece of the art, you know, and that's your, that's your heart, right? You're sharing your heart. That's how deeply you feel about this connection with food and our ancestors. And I can't wait to get my copy of your book and read it because it's truly powerful. Um, and did you tell them the title of it? The Culinary Pharmacy. Isn't that yeah. so great? That is an awesome title. I love that. Super catchy. Absolutely. And just like we were talking about with, you know, growing some of your own culinary or medicinal herbs, the last chapter of the book is all about different foods um, and their healing properties and how cravings might be instructive, right? So mm. it's like, oh, I wake up in the morning and I'm craving um, an ice cream sandwich. Not so much that. That's more of what I would call a destructive craving. Instructive craving might feel more like I wake up in the morning and I'm really craving cinnamon. Okay. So you can go to the back of the book, read about cinnamon. Oh, it turns out it's helping me with balancing my blood glucose. So I'm not having as many mood swings. I'm digesting my food better. And wow, guess what? Last night I went out to dinner and I ate a big dessert. So of course I'm waking up feeling like I could use that blood glucose balance, right? Ooh, yeah, I love that. Because I feel like a lot of the common, you know, diets, if you will, cravings are bad. You know, you eliminate cravings. Get Cravings are our body talking to us, right? That's really powerful. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So we're going to break real quick, everybody. Um, don't go anywhere. We'll be right back with more from Lisa. Hold tight. Workers Credit Union empowers members to achieve their dreams at any stage of life. With tailored products and services designed to enrich your financial wellness, Workers Credit Union gives you the tools to succeed, like high-interest checking, savings, and CD accounts. Free online and mobile banking help you budget and pay bills on the go. Financial coaching provides guidance when you need it. We encourage you to look for the good, the workers' way. Visit us online at wcu.com or walk into your local branch. Did you know 73% of employees are considering leaving their jobs and almost half of Americans fear being laid off in the next year? That's a lot of fear and anxiety mulling around the office. In today's environment, employees need easy-to-use tools and strategies they can count on when the atmosphere is making them feel less than productive. To find out about proven ways to help your employees turn their stress into success, go to carryrowan.com and sign up for a free wellness consultation for your company today. Ever notice how your brain automatically focuses on what's wrong in your life? Ever wonder why you find yourself telling the same old story about yourself over and over again? Tune into this high-energy show with author and mindset coach Carrie Rowan to find out how to retrain your brain to look for the good every Monday at 5 a.m. and 5 p.m. Eastern on syndicated Dream Vision 7 Radio Network. Carrie uses powerful storytelling, easy-to-use tools, and inspiring guests to exemplify how a simple shift in perspective can bring miraculous results. Join Carrie on a journey into your own transformation that will leave you feeling inspired, empowered, and ready to find the good every day of your life. Are you tired of feeling stressed and stuck? Did you know that the stories we repeatedly tell can be the very thing that makes us feel worse about our life? 
In her best-selling book, Tell a New Story, host and author Carrie Rowan shares the five simple steps to release your negative stories and bring joy to your life. This is not your average self-help book. It's a joy to read and it's interactive with QR codes for meditations, original songs, and how-to videos at just the perfect point in the story, which makes transformation easy and at your fingertips. So if you're ready to go from humming a sad song about your situation to finding your voice and whistling a new upbeat tune as you skip along with joy as the new soundtrack of your life, then get yourself a copy of Carrie's highly acclaimed book today. Go to carryrowan.com slash book to get your copy now. That's C-A-R-R-I-E-R-O-W-A-N. Hey, beautiful listeners. Are you tired of the fast-paced life and want an easy way to help you find your calm? Then head over to the new Look for the Good Marketplace. It's chock full of hand-selected books, great classes, calming music, and special readings. All you need to help you move closer to a life you're tickled pink about. Just visit CarrieRowan.com and click on the Marketplace tab to find just the right item to soothe your soul today. That's C-A-R-R-I-E-R-O-W-A-N.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Look for the Good. This is an amazing conversation about looking for the good in our food, right? And looking for the good, not just around us, but in our food, in our land, in the way that we create our food and make our food and finding joy in our food. I'm just loving this conversation with Lisa. So talk a little bit more. We started, we ended where we're talking about our cravings and we're, I feel like we're taught to ignore our cravings and somehow cravings are bad. Tell us more deeply. You just gave us a great example about the cinnamon. Tell us a little bit more about those cravings. What are they? What is our body trying to tell us? Well, I think that's a wonderful question. And it is a conversation with our bodies. I go into depth about this in the book. And one example of an instructive craving can be a craving for something that might not be the best, right? Like potato chips, salty and crunchy. What happens when we crunch? Our jaw, the strongest muscle in our body, releases all of these feel-good hormones like serotonin. It's like, ah, crunch, crunch, de-stress, relax. Mm. So crunchy cravings might be the body's way of saying, hey, you need to chill. You need to take a breath. You need to take a pause. And it could even be, you know, I'm just going to sit down. I'm going to take three deep breaths. Or it could be, I'm actually going to take a nap or maybe I'm going to go for a walk, right? And the salty craving, that's kind of the body's way of saying, you know, when we're wanting something either extremely sweet or extremely salty, it's the body's way of saying, I'm really thirsty. Mm. Help, give me some hydration. Help me plump up my cells so I can better absorb minerals. So Mm. think about that and tune into like, okay, do I want to eat a couple potato chips? And then maybe I'm going to drink a big glass of water and take a little, you know, 15 minute cat nap, right? That Um, sounds good. Yeah. (laughs) Try to take those cravings a little step further. And our bodies are truly asking to be in conversation with us. And it might sound funny to say, okay, body, how did that feel? Right. But I think there's wisdom to that because if nothing else, it slows us down and it gets us out of our habitual patterns of thinking and behaving, right? Mm -hmm. Like, oh, let me just crunch on these potato chips. And then 
I can keep being stressed out about something, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's like, no, let me crunch on these potato chips as a transition tool to taking care of myself and meeting the real need beneath that craving. Mm, it's mindful eating, right? It's it's being conscious, uh-huh. right? Of what the body's saying, it's taking our time, it's and looking deeper, just like our stories. It reminds me of that, you know, what is our body saying when it's asking for that? I just learned so much about the jaw. And because I have one of my daughters is always like, you know, oh, ever since she was little, she always wanted something crunchy. You know, so that makes perfect sense. And she's more anxious, right? So it's the body trying to talk to us and and give us hints. And whenever the body, whenever you have some sort of symptom, again, in the United States, we want to just shove that symptom down or here, let me write your prescriptions for this symptom. Instead of taking a look at it, you know, um, just like our stories, take a look at it, hold it. What is it? What am I feeling? What is that? What is my, I wonder what my body, even just getting in that curious mindset, right? The, I wonder mindset. I wonder what my body's trying to tell me about this. That's right. Yeah. And the non-judgmental mindset too, right? Like, oh, I'm gaining this weight. I wonder what my body's trying to do for me, right? I wonder why mm. it's trying to activate this protection mechanism, where it's, you know, storing all of this nourishment to keep me safe, to keep me protected. And then the question is like, okay, what feels unsafe in my life? Why would I need this protection? Mm. Gosh, could it be a global pandemic? Gosh, could it be some other stressor in my life, like taking care of young children or aging parents, right? How is my body trying to protect me And then how can I say, okay, body, let's work on developing safety so that we don't actually have to store away all of this protection, all of these reserves for later, right? Yes, that is truly powerful. You know, and I often say to people, it's not so much what you eat. I mean, it is super important, but it's all tied together. It's what you're eating. It's what you're thinking about. it. It's what your body is saying to you. It's the whole entire picture. It's so much more complicated than, you know, these crazy fad diets that people are doing. It's really, it's taking the time, you know, to understand the language of the body. It's very subtle, isn't it? It is subtle. And I think truly fad diets are a response to processed food. Um, As hard as that might be to hear, that's, That's very real, right? Mm-hmm. And ultimately, there's no one prescriptive diet for all people. That's just not possible because we're all bio individuals. And our bodies, at the end of the day, are the ones best suited to tell us what's needed to restore mm. balance. I love that. And so you do this through the series of questions, like you were just kind of giving us some examples, you know, I wonder why my body's, you know, doing that. I wonder, just like the mind always trying to keep us safe because that's its job. The body's doing the same thing. That is really huge. I feel like that's a big, people just had a big aha moment when you describe that, you know, asking the body, what is it that's not safe in my life right now? You know, yeah. so, right. Cause think about how much is so much unsafeness right now in the world. Um, And it's that anxiety that builds up and then stopping to ask ourselves, what is it that I'm not feeling safe about, you know, in our mind, right? And and it's the whole is in the mind and the body. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, I think 
always hard for me to accept this. And I'm aware that I create my own stress. I really do. And yes, stress can be beneficial from the perspective of um, strengthening, right? Like that's why cold plunging exists, or Mm -hmm. that's why we eat bitter foods. They create a challenge in the system that then encourages growth and transformation and Mm -hmm. healing. However, when stress kind of just becomes this thread and the nervous system never gets to kind of rest and relax, we're we're operating with stress as kind of like our filter or our framework for our day-to-day existence. And ultimately, I think that disconnects us from our bodies, right? Yeah, totally. It's like, the animal in us, you know, if you watch animals in the wild, I mean, stress is okay. It's part of, like you said, it gives us that intensity, you know, it increases our heart rate and everything that happens in our body biologically so that we can respond to the crisis. And that's not a problem. If you watch animals grazing out in, in the grass and all of a sudden a lion comes, you know, the gazelle runs, it has all those same responses we do, but five minutes later, it's back grazing and eating because it's calm again. That's where we run into problems as humans, right? We haven't figured out how to go back and graze on the grass again. Absolutely. Yeah. How to downshift from that activated mode to that more relaxed and present mode. Yeah, the rest and digest, which is so important. That's why a lot of people have digestive problems because it's really a stress problem or an anxiety yeah. problem. It's and a nervous system issue. Yeah. yeah, totally. It all comes back to nervous system. I love how you're tying those two things together, the eating, the nervous system, the symptoms. Um, what do you recommend to people when they realize that they're in that stress mode they're craving all sorts of things, maybe the crunchy things happening or the, what do you suggest they do first? I think you've got to interrupt your patterns, right? It's like, okay, once I see a pattern for what it is, Mm -hmm. it's time to interrupt it. So it's like, walk out of the kitchen, open the door, get a breath of fresh air, drink a glass of water, call somebody up and say, hi, how are you? How's it going? right? Interrupt the pattern. Mm. The interesting thing about food cravings is that they really only last about 30 seconds. Wow. So if we're able to interrupt that message and do something different for 30 seconds, a whole world opens up around what might be possible and what might be needed in a given moment. Um, and ultimately, there's this opportunity to come back to ourselves, right? Mm-hmm. And our breath can be so regulating. Taking a nice deep breath sends immediately that message to the nervous system. We're safe. We're okay. We don't actually need anything desperately right this second. Yeah. Um, we can relax and look around, reorient to what's in the room. Um I am a student of somatic experiencing and often what's recommended is to, you know, take that deep breath and then just look over one shoulder, look over the other shoulder, become aware of this is, this is what's happening right now. This is where I am in space and time. And that can be a beginning to kind of calming and soothing the nervous system and 
also an opening to practicing that relaxation around eating because Mm. part of interrupting those patterns, I think, is creating new patterns to take their place that feel supportive, feel beneficial, feel nourishing. So how can I then take something that's helpful to me, like taking a deep breath and build that in to something like a mealtime where it's like, okay, I'm going to take a deep breath and then take a bite of my food and really allow myself to experience the joy and the pleasure of eating food. Mm. Maybe I'm even going to put down my utensil between bites and just kind of experience what it feels like to have all of those relaxation hormones secreted as I'm chewing, just feeling myself chew. Um, And then, you know, the more I build this regulated nervous system feeling around mealtimes, the less that food will have this activating quality, right? Mm. The less I'll feel kind of triggered to eat things that I know aren't so helpful for me when it's not mealtime, right? Because Mm -hmm. the nervous system will start to get this message of, oh, when it's mealtime, we relax, we enjoy, we breathe, we savor, um, and and we're in connection with with ourselves. We slow down. That's the other thing too, you know, when we're eating so fast or standing or, you know, I'm often guilty of that, grabbing something for lunch instead of making it sort of ceremonial, like you're saying, and inviting the nervous system like, hey, this is a time we can feel safe and relaxed. And when you're in that mindful space, you're not overeating either because we overeat because we're just eating too fast. We don't even realize, we don't even tune in to see that we are full. That's right. And People always, you know, characterize Italians as having these big meals with all these people and there's all this conversation. And that is true. However, the way I grew up is that, you know, maybe we did eat three very small courses, but when the food hit the table, everybody was eating in silence. And, you know, people were, you know, focusing on the smells and the tastes and you were maybe hearing the silverware clinking. And then it's when the plates got cleared, when the second course was being finished and plated, that's when all the conversation and the activity was happening Mm. and everyone was bustling about, but absolutely not when food is being eaten. That is a sacred act. Wow. That's super cool. We're going to stop on that moment so we can just absorb that for a second. And we're going to be back with a quick break. Workers Credit Union empowers members to achieve their dreams at any stage of life. With tailored products and services designed to enrich your financial wellness, Workers Credit Union gives you the tools to succeed, like high-interest checking, savings, and CD accounts. Free online and mobile banking help you budget and pay bills on the go. Financial coaching provides guidance when you need it. We encourage you to look for the good, the workers way. Visit us online at wcu.com or walk into your local branch. Hey, beautiful listeners, are you tired of the fast-paced life and want an easy way to help you find your calm? 
Then head over to the new Look for the Good Marketplace. It's chock full of hand-selected books, great classes, calming music, and special readings. All you need to help you move closer to a life you're tickled pink about. Just visit CarrieRowan.com and click on the Marketplace tab to find just the right item to soothe your soul today. That's C-A-R-R-I-E-R-O-W-A-N.com. Are you tired of feeling stressed and stuck? Did you know that the stories we repeatedly tell can be the very thing that makes us feel worse about our life? In her best-selling book, Tell a New Story, host and author Carrie Rowan shares the five simple steps to release your negative stories and bring joy to your life. This is not your average self-help book. It's a joy to read and it's interactive with QR codes for meditations, original songs, and how-to videos at just the perfect point in the story, which makes transformation easy and at your fingertips. So if you're ready to go from humming a sad song about your situation to finding your voice and whistling a new upbeat tune as you skip along with joy as the new soundtrack of your life, then get yourself a copy of Carrie's highly acclaimed book today. Go to CarrieRowan.com slash book to get your copy now. That's C-A-R-R-I-E-R-O-W-A-N. Are you ready to consistently be in the flow of success? Build an abundant business, easily find your right clients, and feel good inviting them into your community to do business with you? If your answer is yes, then you want to listen to Business Success with Human Design with Nancy O'Keefe on syndicated Dream Vision 7 Radio Network every Thursday at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m. Eastern Time. Business Success with Human Design is a podcast designed to help you peel back the layers of who you've been taught to be and how you've been told to do business, moving you from overwhelm to a business model that aligns with your authentic self and feels right for you. Come and explore Human Design for Business with Nancy. Did you know 73% of employees are considering leaving their jobs and almost half of Americans fear being laid off in the next year? That's a lot of fear and anxiety mulling around the office. In today's environment, employees need easy-to-use tools and strategies they can count on when the atmosphere is making them feel less than productive. To find out about proven ways to help your employees turn their stress into success, go to carryrowan.com and sign up for a free wellness consultation for your company today. This is Dream Vision 7 Radio Network, uniting mankind with universal love. Our shows are created from the heart, bringing each listener to a place of divine enlightenment. Breathe, relax, and enjoy. Let life flow. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Look for the Good. I'm here with Lisa. We are having the most incredible conversation. I am just absolutely loving the connection between your mindfulness and your eating and your habits and and really um, reprogramming that nervous system so that eating becomes this beautifully mindful and emotional and just a time to just really appreciate. It's a sacred time, like you were saying. Tell us a little bit more about that. Absolutely. I think, again, ancestrally, we likely all have some kind of way that our families, our ancestors have honored food and the process of making food and this moment of coming together and honoring everything that it takes to actually get food to our tables to nourish us, right? And because of, you know, machine time and the way that it speeds up our society, we're trying to keep up, 
but I don't think our bodies and our nervous systems are actually able to keep up with machine time and virtual time and all of the layers of everything that we're connected to at all times. Whereas food, it's it's right here. It's right in front of us. And it's an opportunity to relax, to regulate our nervous systems and to really enjoy and appreciate this thing that gives us life. Mm, I love that. It's nourishing on so many levels, which is what I just keep thinking about. You know, you're nourishing. It's the connection with the people that you're with. You know, it's with the rituals you have around that. You're nourishing your family connections. Like you keep saying, your ancestry. What are the traditions? What are the legacies? You know, there's so much involved in mealtime. And, you know, having a busy house with two kids that were really close in age, I always insisted that we sat down for a family dinner every night. You know, and, and yeah, it becomes that it, it becomes part of just what you do, what you expect. And then when the cousins come over, they sit down and have dinner. You know, it's just something that I always do and I always like to cook. Um, and it's just part of something. You know, we can be as busy as we all are, but it, it's one time that we can all gather and say, Hey, how are you? How was your day? What's something good? What's something that we used to even play these silly little family games? I came across them the other day at the dinner table. <laughs> Right. But it's making these and you get a chance to when you have young kids, you get a chance to reset. If you didn't like what your heritage was or what your ancestry was with your family, you get to start all over. You get to make all the rules and you can incorporate this and bring this into your own family and your own life and teach your kids at a really young age how to regulate their nervous system. That's right. Because not only is this a moment when we get this opportunity to sit down, to connect with ourselves, with our nourishment, and with each other, if we are with others, it's also integral to our digestion because the bacteria in our large intestines are actually the ones that ultimately secrete most of our stress hormones, and most of our relaxation hormones. So guess what? Food and nervous system response are deeply interconnected. So if you're trying to work with anxiety or depression um, or other kinds of nervous system conditions, I think starting with food and the way we eat our food makes a ton of sense. It so does because like you were saying that's where, you know, that's where it's housed, that's where our immune system is. But that's also I think people aren't always aware that it's a two-way street of communication. It's it's not just the brain telling the gut what to do. The gut is like the mini brain, right? It's and if it's all clogged up and your digestion's not good, that channel back up where the the gut is giving important information to the brain is clogged and I feel like a lot of people probably have that situation. That's right. And like you were talking about loving vegetables and loving plants, they have not only the vitamins and minerals we need for hundreds of different processes in our body, but they also contain fiber, soluble and insoluble fiber. The gut loves that, especially the large intestine, because that is food for our gut bacteria. Mm -hmm. And if we don't feed our gut bacteria with those fibers, they're not able to produce those relaxation hormones that we need to really feel balanced. And yeah, it's a two-way street. And I think the taxi driver actually is, you know, 
all of these hormones that send messages to the brain via the vagus nerve, our first cranial nerve that's formed in utero, Mm -hmm. and the only nerve that touches all of the different vital organs on its way up to the brainstem, right? So we are truly somatic beings. We're not anatomical beings chopped up into our parts. We're completely interconnected. And when the vagus nerve is getting mixed messages from the gut, right, because there maybe aren't enough of those fermentable fibers, so we're not secreting the right kinds of hormones, then the gut, you know, kind of gives a message to the vagus nerve, things aren't that great down here. <laughs> and then the vagus nerve goes and, you know, talks to the kidneys and says, like, how are you? Because things weren't that great in the gut and the kidneys are saying, yeah, we're kind of having a hard time filtering some fluids. And I don't know, it doesn't feel great here. And then, you know, vagus nerve goes and says hi to the liver and the liver's like, oh, I'm really stagnant and my bile's not flowing and I can't really help the stomach do its job of breaking food down. And so then, you know, by the time the vagus nerve gets to the brainstem, it's saying like, guess what? Everything's screwed up. And so... (laughs) You know, the pituitary, which is one of the glands that lives in our brain, says, well, let me secrete all the stress hormones I can possibly secrete Mm. because I'm getting this message from the vagus nerve that nobody's happy. Right. That's not a good story to be telling. I know. Yeah, because then that's that's why things get all haywire. And I believe everything stems from the gut. And I'm sure you talk a lot about that in your book, too you know, you've got acne or whatever in your face. It's a gut problem. It's not a skin problem. It's a gut. What's going on down here, right? Um, And again, that's the symptom, right? Those are the symptoms um, that you want to look for. What do you think are the most important symptoms with all the stress, you know, that, that people are having? You mentioned, we've talked about cravings a lot, which I think is really cool. What else would you have people look for? What are the, what their body, when their bodies are trying to give that little emergency response, like, hey, the vagus nerve is not happy. Yeah. So I talk about this in my book a lot and give different examples of signs and symptoms of inflammation, Mm -hmm. right? We live in an inflamed society and our bodies are mirrors of that, right? So we have inflammation that shows up in all of our different symptoms. Like you talked about the skin inflammation, right? So, you know, it could be rashes and it could go all the way to something like eczema, an autoimmune condition. Um, And so those skin conditions are a sign that the liver's not happy, which Mm -hmm. then means the stomach's not happy, which then means the whole digestive system isn't happy, as you were saying, right? Um, Or if we're feeling a lot of, you know, puffiness and bloating or edema, right? Like swollen ankles and legs, that's a sign that there's lymphatic inflammation. Our lymphatic fluid mm-hmm. of our body isn't moving fluids through and we might need to walk around more actually mm-hmm. and move our bodies we might need to do gentle lymphatic massage but actually a lot of our lymph nodes are in our groin and over our large intestine so again the mm-hmm. gut right mm-hmm. um so all these different organ systems the circulatory system the kidneys, right? They all have different ways of revealing inflammation um, that also tend to track with 
constitution, which is something I talk about a lot in the book, right? Mm-hmm. Chinese medicine, Ayurveda from India have these beautiful and intricate ways of understanding our constitution, which you could think about as genetics, and then understanding the conditions of our life, mm. that inflammation, those epigenetics, and how they influence our constitution and how we can restore balance based on what kinds of you know pressure points or triggers are specific to our body, right? Everybody knows these are the ways my body likes to talk to me, right? We all have mm-hmm. them. Mm-hmm. So start thinking about those, start understanding them as inflammation, and then start dialing that into, okay, what are the root causes? What are the organs that are manifesting mm. those signs of inflammation or those symptoms? And then you can even take it a step further. I share this in the book too about, okay, Chinese medicine, Ayurveda, they have something to say about those organs, like the liver represents anger, Mm -hmm. right? So if I'm having a lot of skin rashes, what's the emotional connection there? Mm. Yes, I can treat my liver. I can use liver herbs, you know, like burdock or dandelion, turmeric, milk thistle. And maybe I can look at what might be driving anger in my life. Mm-hmm. There's a lot to be angry about. Absolutely. I love that. That's a great example. And all this stuff is in your book. Tell them where can they get a copy of your book? Because it's simply fabulous. I think everybody needs to have this book to feel better. Thank you. It's the Culinary Pharmacy and you can get it anywhere books are sold. So Barnes and Noble, Amazon, Bookshop, Books a Million, get it at your local bookstore. If they don't have it, ask for it. Inner Traditions is the publisher. And mm-hmm. right really out of Vermont. Get, mm-hmm. That's right. I really hope you get a copy and share it with your loved ones as well. Absolutely. Because if we have these solutions right in front of us, you know, and we can be proactive about our health and and learn how to read our own bodies, because that's really when anything's most successful for us is when we decide we make that choice that we're sick of feeling X, Y, Z, we want to feel better. And then we start to find some ways that we can actually be in control of it. And that feels really good. Absolutely. Nobody knows your own body better than you. Your doctor can't get in there. I can't get in there. Right? So true. It's like making a decision. It's like you can ask everybody you want outside of yourself, but really only you have the true answers. And I feel like that this it applies real deeply to this concept because only you can listen to your body as deeply, um, deeper than anybody else and understand and interpret what that means. You know, through the, all the files and stuff that we have in our head, you can actually come up with some solutions for yourself. Um, so I love that. Everybody go get her book and tell us where they can find you. Where's your website? Because you've got some great stuff on there too. Oh, thanks. So my business is Harmonized Living. And that's my website, harmonized-living.com. Send me a note, sign up for my newsletter. I'd love to connect with you. Awesome. Go do that, everybody. Um, And this has been such an incredible conversation. I know people are walking away with a lot of really great aha moments. Thank you so much, Lisa, for being on the show. It was really, really amazing. Thanks for having me, Carrie. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom with us. And remember, everybody, it's never too late to tell your best story. Be well, everybody. 
Thanks for tuning in to Look for the Good with your host, Carrie Rowan, best-selling author and mindset coach. Join us every Monday at 5 a.m. and 5 p.m. right here at Dream Vision 7 Radio Network. If you weren't able to catch an episode, no worries. Just visit our website to find all the archived episodes of Look for the Good on demand so you don't miss a thing. And remember, it's never too late to live your best story. For additional resources or to find out about how you can work with Carrie directly, visit CarrieRowan.com for more details. This is Dream Vision 7 Radio Network, uniting mankind with universal love. Our shows are created from the heart, bringing each listener to a place of divine enlightenment. Breathe, relax, and enjoy. Let life flow.